welcome to another episode of Eat Chit and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and sometimes food. I'm John D, and with me as always is Jared. That's me. I'm a rock doctor now. <laughs> sort of. Um, this week we're talking about On the Road Again. Question mark. And the Origins Awards. Yes. Yes, we are. Yep. And yep. on the road again, meaning we were on the road for reals. Uh, yeah, that's true. Well, and, we, we were in a car and the car was on the road. Right. And we're on the road because we're recording from my house as well instead yes. of Jared's. I mean, I guess it's, I mean, we've done that three episodes in yes, a row. Yes. So I guess <laughs> technically our studio was both at my house and Jared's house. Well, you know, we've got this mobile, this thing that right. is in front of me. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, <clears throat> as they say, welcome. <laughs> right. So, um, Origins Game Fair just, and like, just happened. Yes, uh, it ended. It's over. It's all over now. Goodbye, so, Columbus, Ohio. So, we spent the week in Columbus, Ohio for Origins. That's true. And the Origins Awards happened. And uh, while we were not in, 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 in attendance at the awards, so no. we cannot talk about the fan favorites because they are not posted anywhere. Yeah, we didn't we didn't go this year because we were doing other things that are also important. Yes, um, but we can talk about the winners. Yes, of the Academy um, Awards. Um, the awards, of, uh, and when I say the Academy Awards, I don't mean the, the movie the, Academy Awards. The, the game Academy yes, the Awards. Academy of Adventure Gaming Arts and Design. Yes, so we can talk about those winners, and then when the Fan favorites are posted later on. We'll make a mention. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about them when they're, when they're up and up and going. Since we did recently mention that I feel that those are just as important. So we'll make a mention in another episode, at least who won those. Yeah. So game of the year. Um, as I predicted (laughs) recently. All right. All right. I have to preface this. So, uh, the, the night that they announced the winners, we were walking back to the hotel and we were talking about this and John D went on a tirade for the entire time we were walking. I did. And she's not entirely wrong because first of all, I have to say if a game came out two years ago, is it eligible for the, t- the 2018 awards when it came out originally in 2016? Um, and the only reason this is eligible is because they did a second printing of it in 2017. Yeah, I don't know that a second printing of a game is Counts. enough to say, oh, this is a, this is this came out this year. Yeah. But okay. But we'll have our discussion once we say what one game of the year. Um it was Gloomhaven, Gloomhaven by yes. Cephala Fair Games. Cephala Fair, that's right. And um so I am not saying that it's a bad game because it's not. But I feel like a game to win game of the year should have something really unique. Or something really special about it. And I don't feel that Gloomhaven has anything like super unique or super special. It's it's a it's a decent game. And I understand why people like it. It's cool. And for the people that like that kind of game, it's fun. Right. Um That's it's a true. great game for people that want to play Dungeons and Dragons without having the full commitment of a Dungeons and Dragons game. It's a See, great game. The, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the point that I was trying to make when we were walking back. But now that I've um, thought about it a little bit more, it's, it's the same level of commitment. I mean, it really is the same level. Except for of you don't have to make a character. You don't have to have the full, like, okay, I'm going to roll. I, I'm going to do this. Um, the, you don't have to have a GM. Um, well, yeah. 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 
So it takes away that type of responsibility. You just get to play a board game. It just has the long-term commitment of D&D. Yeah, I mean, it has the same kind of character and world building that D&D has. It does. in a box. But I don't feel like it has anything really unique outside of that 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 warrants a full-on, like, game of the year award. Yeah, I'm not sure that it necessarily brings anything super new to the table, but... Uh, you know, there's so much hype behind this game that, and I think that's why it won. And I don't think that is fair over some of the other games that were nominated in the category, but you know, we don't make the decision. Um, right. I'm, I'm not the Academy. I just feel like the people that were on the board gave it the award just because of the hype. And I, I think for myself anyway, I think it was an unfair award, but again, I'm not the Academy. So Yes, I went on a tirade because I was like, yes, you flip did. the table. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah, you were you were very I was upset. <laughs> you were very vocal about I your was. feelings. I was very vocal. And and again, I'm not saying it's a bad game because it's not. Um, it's not a game for me, but um, I just didn't feel like I, I felt like the other game. There were other games that were nominated that I personally feel were more deserved of the award. Well, and um, while I don't necessarily completely agree with you, I don't completely disagree with you. Uh, it's a good game. It is very um, overproduced, extremely overproduced. And that's what people like. People like games that they can sit down and go, whoa, holy crap, look at this. This is amazing. Um, and it, it's a campaign style, like legacy style, but not really legacy. Um you know, I mean, this is a game that if you bought this game, you're going to be playing for a long time. Mm-hmm. So the the entry fee of a hundred and fifty dollars to some people, you know, if you spread that out over a year and a half, that's a good game. Versus like a game that you buy in the clearance rack for six dollars and play once and say, "Well, <laughs> got my money out of that." Uh, but equally, you get your money out of both. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're the kind of person that likes huge long campaign style games. I mean, Gloomhaven is exactly that. It's not the only player on the block, but it's the new hot game of that style. I mean, I don't know. We could talk about Gloomhaven all day, but the fact that it won game of the year and best board game of the year. Yeah. I think that says something about it. It I'm just not sure what it says something about being swayed by what's hot and not so much being swayed by what is what what uniqueness it brings to the table, in my opinion. But again, I just I'm just saying the same thing over and over here. Yeah. So yeah. Well, um, well, congratulation, congratulation, one to singular s- congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations to <laughs> Cephalo Fair Games for whether or not I agree with it. Again, congratulations to Cephalo Fair Games because it's still a win for them. And congratulations to all the fans of Gloomhaven because, you know, you guys still are yeah. playing a great... Uh, you're still playing a game that, you know, it's still a good game. Um, it's just not for Jondi. It's definitely not for me. Uh, but you know what? Another game that won an award that is for Jondi. Uh, oh, I, well, I was going to skip one. Oops. You were going to skip Oops. one. Okay. Well, that's, let's hold on. Let's, let's not skip this. Okay. Best card game. Ex Libris. Ex Libris by, by Renegade. Renegade Games. Now, I haven't played this one, but I've been told that this one probably is also not for me. So um, I was in the little like seminar when they announced the game 
last year at Gen Con, and then I got to play it a little bit. And it's a good game. It's fun. But I honestly don't see how well it holds up to repeated plays. I mean, like if you play the game 10 times, you're in my opinion. I love the concept of it. I mean, I haven't again, I didn't buy it because you told me you didn't think I would. like. Yeah, I don't think and you I would. trust your I don't assessment. think you would. Now, you know, I, I have a copy of the game. If you ever want to try it, you can. I, I do want to try it. But, um, but before I mean, it's I an award winning game. John it's D. an expensive <laughs> game. And before I buy it, um, yeah. I want it, I want to try it. I, I love the theme of it, though. The theme is sounds the theme, theme sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, you have you have some librarians in your family. I do. My mother in law is a librarian. Yes. So but and, does, is she a slime or a, a wizard? Um, well, she loves Harry Potter. So oh. let's let her be a wizard. Yeah. OK. OK. Yeah. Uh, I, well, should we should we tell them what Ex Libris is if they yes. have no idea? Yes. Ex, Ex Libris is a library building game. Basically, um, Jared, you've played it, so mm-hmm. you would be better off explaining it than me. Um, you're you're collecting rare and expensive books yet at a gnome library, like instead of humans, they're gnomes. So, you know, they're magical creatures mm-hmm. <laughs> with magical books, which I think sounds so, so cool. I love, yeah, I love the concept. Um, well, so, so the issue is you have to collect these books. You send your, your little workers into the village to find the most expensive, impressive, rare books. And you have to try to impress like the mayor of the town Mm -hmm. and say like, look, I am the best library in here. Look, I have the best library. Check me out. Um, and you know, you gotta beat the other players. Right. So there's some set collection, obviously, if you're trying to collect books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, I like, I like the set collection mechanic. Yeah. If it's if it's um, executed well in a game. And it has worker placement elements, and all of the different things that you can be have different powers. Mm-hmm. So like, I think there's a robot that does things differently than like the wizard would, for example. So it is definitely a fantasy style. It, it's not really, I mean, it's, it's got card drafting, it's got set collection, it's got worker placement, but it's not really any of those. Yeah, things. It doesn't really fit. So I, I can see right. why it won best card game because it is more or less card driven. Mm-hmm. It's, it is a board game that has cards in it, but it, uh, yeah, but it's more card driven. Yeah. I think it's more game. card driven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that is uh, ex Libris by Renegade games and it won best card game of the year. Okay. And congratulations, Renegade. Yes, congratulations. Now to the thing that I was trying to say. You know what is a game that's right up Johnny's alley? Azul. Yes. Which it, is also another hotness game. It is. It won best family game. I'm gesticulating wildly over here. Um, it won best family game. It is a, t- I mean, it's an abstract game. Yeah. It's an abstract tile kind of drafting. So I it's bought- a, it's an IPIC you split I pick kind of game. Yeah. I bought the last copy of you this did. at Origins. We were standing next to the Plan B games booth and there was one copy and I was like, John D, shut up about whatever you're talking about. Cause she was like talking to somebody that was behind us. Yeah. And I was like, John D, hey, hey, John D, look, this is the last copy. And the guy working in the booth was like, Yeah, I thought we were sold out, but I found this under under this table. And I was like, yeah. Okay, well, it's sold because <laughs> she wants this game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because everybody I know has been just like raving about Azul, and I knew 
that I wanted this game. So as soon as they said it was the last copy, I was like, well, not anymore because <laughs> I want it. <laughs> now they are doing a giant version. Which we saw. At, yes, I had my hands Geekway. on it. I touched them in my hand. We saw it at Geekway. Yeah. I saw it again at Origins in like the oh, final pre-production copy. Um, I held it in my hands. It's super nice. You're going to buy a copy. Um, yeah. You mm-hmm. like giant versions of games. Yeah. 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 So um, what you do is you there's this bag and you pull the tiles out and you place them on these circles mm-hmm. and then you pick a group of them to put uh, on your little player board and you it's pattern building, but also sort of set collection because you want to have like, oh, I want this entire row full or I want five of the same color here or I'm going to be real bad at this game. Maybe, but I'm maybe enjoy it. Uh, it is a, a an amazing game. And you can play, it's a quick play. It's not mm-hmm. like it's a long game. So you can sit down and play it fairly quickly and still. Yeah, yeah it takes about half an hour to play. Yeah. I mean, it can take longer if you are learning the game or if you right. have analysis paralysis. But, you know, if you're just trying to play the game and get through it, it takes about half an hour. So yeah. um, you should definitely check that out. Uh, it, it is the last copy that they had at Origins, not the last copy in existence Correct. anywhere. It was just at Origins. So they <laughs> it's sold just the last it. one that they had brought with them. Yes. It was like day three and they were just two. like, oh, it was, it was day, day two. two. They sold out on day two. So, so they were congratulations like, oh. to them for the award yes. and for selling out at Origins. Yes. Yes. They had a really good spot at Origins, which helped. But I mean, I think if they would have even had a crappy spot, they would have sold out because it's a great game and it's gotten a lot of buzz. Yep. So if you're into tile laying games or um, set collections, games yeah. Or Normally I don't collection. like abstract games, but the theme of this one I think is really, you know, really I, neat. I've noticed that I become hit or miss on them because I mm-hmm. didn't think I, I didn't think I liked them, but I've noticed it's just hit or miss. If the game's really good, I don't mind yeah. abstract. So. But yeah, I mean, at its core, it's just an abstract color collection game. Yeah. But uh, check it out. Try it out. Watch a video or two on it. Yeah. And then go buy the giant version because they need a minimum purchase amount before they can print it. And I really want them to print it. So please go pre-order yep. the giant edition at Plan B's website. Yep. Or not, you know, whatever. I'm not your dad. I'm not a real doctor, but I am a rock doctor. Okay. So since you've mentioned that twice, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to, I, I have to tell the story. Yeah, so, you should. You should. So my friend, uh, Simon is actually ordained through one of those internet um, things. Yeah. I don't think we need to explain no. which one you can. So he's ordained through, and, and I think he originally became ordained because a couple friend of his wanted him to officiate over their wedding. And now he, he performs weddings a lot. And we were sitting over dinner, uh, one night at origins. And he mentions to us, we were all that drinking. We, yeah, we were all drinking. And That's he, an important part yes, of the story. Yes. So he mentions that when you sign a marriage certificate, you're supposed to put a title and he said that he usually just puts elder because he wants to be, you know, some level of professional. But he says when you get your ordination certificate that they send you this pamphlet and it has a list of the suggested titles. And some of the titles that it suggests. They're, they're, they're ridiculous. Are things like. If you saw our Twitter post. Yeah. If you saw the tweet. This is what was going on when that tweet happened. Yes. So some of the titles that it suggests as as possible titles to use are High Druid or Grand Vizier. So we start cracking up because how many, I mean, we're just like, Simon, why didn't you ever lead with this story? Yeah, he's never told this story he's to anyone, apparently. And, and like, 
How many times outside of playing like Dungeons and Dragons do you know someone that can call themselves Hydruid? Yeah. So while we're having this conversation and, you know, there's been drinking going on. I mean, we are sitting at this dinner table and we are just cracking up. And it's probably nowhere near as amusing when you haven't been Uh, drinking. Yeah. But Jared decides that he is going like to like mid story. Simon was he was still he was still in the middle of telling the story. Jared gets his phone out and signs up to become <laughs> ordained. Because and, and we start looking up online to see what the other suggested titles are because Jared's like, Well, I want to pick a title. Mm-hmm. So we discover some of the other titles are even better. Yeah, than some of them Hydroid. are amazing. So do you like, want to be a, uh, an ordained? Uh, I don't know, like not a minister, but like Grandmaster Brain Wizard. Yeah, was one of my favorites. Uh, you can be Professor Emeritus, Rock in, Doctor. Yeah, that's the one that I'm picking. <laughs> you can be a Time Lord. Yep, yeah, of course you can. You can. I mean, like I understand that if if you are a non-religious person and you have a Doctor Who themed wedding, I think it'd be really cool. To look like to look at your marriage certificate and see that someone signed it like Time Lord I mean, Simon. Honestly, you don't have to pick one that's on the list because no, you Simon can do whatever you want. That this this is just a thing that you you can pick whatever title you want. You can change it because this is just a title that you put on the marriage certificate. It's not like you when you register for the ordination. It's not a legally binding. No, and you don't put it on when you register. You just. Every time you sign the marriage certificate, I mean, you or can, funeral thingy or a funeral. You just yes, you just I'm, put a title, so I can put like kitchen witch. Yeah. If I wanted to. Well, John, you should get ordained so you can perform weddings and funerals like me. I could just put official ginger. Yeah. Or the other ginger. Or the other ginger. Like <laughs> I could, I could use whatever title I wanted. Um, but so Jared wants to be rock doctor so yes. that he can be like, I'm Jared. And if I've been, I've been testing this around, uh, you know, the ends of conversations where I just say, all right, thanks for talking to me. Rock doctor out. Yeah. And then I walk away and they're like, so, uh, what? so our friend Mark was like, he saw him like the next day and he was like, rock doctor. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's why Jared is a rock doctor. Now. Yes. Yes. So, anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about the origins. Oh of yeah. Okay. Um, so we're just going to go through these next ones <clears throat> fairly quickly cause they aren't as we don't, much. I mean, we do, but we don't. Best role-playing game of the year, Adventures um, in Middle-Earth. By Cubicle 7, which now, they have some board games and card games that I like, but I don't play their role-playing games. I, 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 well, I have played the Doctor Who role-playing game by, from them. Um, I, I bought the uh, Lord of the Rings, the One Ring, like mm-hmm. original core book when it came out a few years ago, and I was like, oh, yeah, this will be great. And then no one's ever expressed any interest in playing it with me. So um, I've played their Doctor Who one Thanks for that, before. guys. Um, so, yeah. Um, best role-playing supplement of the year. Dungeons and Dragons, Xanathar's Guide to Everything by Watsy. Yeah, Wizards of the Coast. Um, best miniatures game of the year, no surprise to, uh, Warhammer 40k, 8th edition, Games Games Workshop. Workshop, Yep. Um, best game accessory of the year. Again, no surprise. Do you have this one? You have the other one. No, I, okay. This one is the, uh, the Broken Token, Terraforming Mars Organizer. I am, I, I don't... I went with the Daedalus organizer because uh-huh. okay. I prefer the stained things. I don't want to stain my own. Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. So I went with Daedalus and, and also the game trays, which fit perfect, which are designed to go with the Daedalus stuff. So okay. um, nothing against Broken Token. I just went with a different <clears> one. <throat> Sorry. Um, <clears throat> best collectible game, Star Wars Destiny Awakenings Boosters by Fantasy, Fantasy Flight Games. Yeah, FFG is basically printing money with those. Yes. Um, absolutely. And then the, uh, Academy of Adventure Gaming Arts and Design Hall of Fame. They always, um, bring two new, two new or one or two new yeah. people into the Hall of Fame. 
And this one is absolutely no surprise. Um, Eric Lane. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) he has been making so many games. And big ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's just absolutely no surprise. I mean, uh, what are what are some of his games? Uh, uh, every cool mini or not product. I yeah. mean, that's not true, but but yeah. yeah it, it, I mean, he's it, been pretty prolific the last few years. And what I like is he's a really approachable and nice guy. He is. He was like he he yeah. was just wandering around at the bar. Yeah. At Origins, just hang, most hanging of the time, out with all the designers yeah. and yeah, he's just like super chill. Yeah. Um, Ken Saint Saint Andre. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not familiar with him. Oh, it's the Tunnels and Trolls guy. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, he's also a, a science fiction writer. So yeah. So that. some of the other inductees include people like Gary Gygax, Steve Jackson, Tracy Hickman, uh, Mike Elliott. Um, yeah. So you know the, the these two are joining some pretty hefty names mm-hmm. in the industry. So congratulations to both of them for their um, joining of the Hall of Gaming um, Arts and Design Hall of Fame. Yes. Yes, congratulations. So that's the Origins Awards for now. Later on, when fan favorites are named, we will quickly go through those as well. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, John D., I guess let's talk about the other thing that we're supposed to talk about. Um, still Origins, but we're going to change gears a little bit and talk about um, some games that we saw or played at Origins that yeah. we're kind of excited about. Or games that we're not at all excited about and think that... No one should. No, we're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. Why would we do that? No, that's the kind of that's the kind of hard hitting journalistic content that you want to hear from us here is games that we hate. Yeah. No, we're not going to do that. What? Are you you sure? I'm 100 percent positive. Uh, Oh, Okay, fine. So I I think we should start out with our favorite game that we played. I mean, um, we talked we played we liked it so much that we played it twice. Cards Against Humanity. uh, No. What? Why not? No, No. What? You have like 300,000 plays on cards. <laughs> um, All right, so Johnny, yeah, 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 yeah. We, What's we the name like of this the, game? Well, we like this one so much that mm-hmm. I, st- I stayed up when I was super tired on the last night of Origins and drank coffee in the middle of the night so I could play this game. Yes, um, can confirm that happened. Yep, um, I can't pronounce it very well, and I just kept calling it Quack and Schlacken Bag. Quack Salber. Um, so quack. is it De Quack Salber von Quedlinburg? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's Quacksalber. Um, we can <laughs> confirm, I won't say who, but it is going to be published in English later this year. Yes. Um, right now it's in German. Clearly. Uh, you might have been able to tell that you by might the name. Have been told. So currently, if you want to order it, um, I think. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't. But you I, I mean, can get it on the German you Amazon. Can, you can get on the and then print out a German translation yeah. from BGG. And, I um, wouldn't. German Amazon will ship to America. But yeah, I, I would. At this point, you, you can get it in a few months yeah. in English. And I would just wait towards on the end that. of the year, like maybe October. Yeah. It'll um, be after Gen Con. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, it'll be after Gen Con, but uh, I believe the company was going to push for a Gen Con release. But yeah, the, the guy from the company and we're not supposed to. We'll just wait. I don't yeah. I don't want to be the. But yes, the they could have they could have put it out. But they wanted to make sure they had the translation exactly. Right. Honestly, at this point, I'm sure someone else has said, but uh, we're, we're not going to do that because we were asked not to. Uh, but the, the company that's doing it wants to make sure they have the translation exactly right. Which is And good. I think that's really um, great because when because you're doing the, a translation. The printouts that we had were apparently wrong. 
Yeah, so Eric <laughs> Martin with BGG was kind enough the second time we played through to really walk us through and make sure we're playing. And one of the cards that we flipped over, he was looking at the translation. He was like, so... The English translation says a player may choose to do this, but the German doesn't say that? Yeah, because he reads German and he was like, this isn't exactly right, so... Um, but the game is fantastic. So it's kind of a bag, it's a bag building game, but yes, it's also a push yes. your luck game. And you're, um, you're mixing potions and it, you're pushing your luck when you're pulling your, 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 um, ingredients out of your bag. You're trying to get the highest number as you're putting the ingredients into your bag, but there's these snowberries and they're bad ingredients. And if you get too many snowberries into your potion, then your potion explodes. So it's all about, trying to get all these great ingredients into your potion. But again, if your potion explodes, then you've busted. So you're competing with the other, with the other players to have the best potion in that round and get higher and higher in your, and if you have the highest score, then you get bonuses. And each time the score that you have lets you buy better ingredients and more and the better ingredients that go into your bag, the better chance you have of having a score, having a higher score and better victory points um, each round. So it's a really fun game. And when it does come out in English... I think we're um, both buying it. <laughs> we're totally both buying it. And I highly recommend if you like bag building type games, um, push your luck type games. Highly, and it's, it's, got a, it's, a Euro, um, it's got a Euro component at least yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, and, but it's, it's a lighter. It's a lighter style Euro. Yes, yes. Um, I had some really good luck. The first time we played, I didn't bust at all. The second time we played, I think I busted like twice. Yeah. Um, and it's got a, a nice catch-up mechanic. Which doesn't help if you keep busting. If you keep busting, it definitely doesn't help. Like we had a couple that were playing together that um, they really liked to push their <laughs> luck. Like if you are somebody that pushes your luck a lot. Every single time. Um, and you bust all the time, then the catch-up mechanic is not going to help Yeah, it's you. not going to. Unfortunately, it's not um, going to do anything if you keep losing. But if you're good at balancing yourself out and you don't always push your luck, then that catch-up mechanic is really going to help you. Um, yeah, I was so, behind for a little bit on the second game and within like two turns, I caught, caught up. Back up. Yeah. 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 So, so, I mean, it definitely works if, if you don't push your luck too far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can hear my cat meowing. Yes. I, I heard that. But yeah, it's a really, really great game. So. Yes. But uh, Quacksalber is a definitely, definitely good game. And I will definitely be buying it in English. Yep. And I don't know what they'll call it in English. Mm, but, I don't uh, know if they've made. Well, you know what I can do? I can find out what Quacksalver translates to. Uh, it's just like the quacks of whatever. Um, so there is not an English title or that other company listed on BGG yet. Mm-hmm. So. Eventually. Um, that, I mean, just watch, watch, um, for news about Quacksalver. Yeah. And, um, I'm sure when that other company breaks the news, then. Oh yeah. Start, you'll hear about it. You'll, you'll hear, hear about all it, about and it. And they'll start saying what the English, um, title will be and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. um, highly recommend that game. It was really a lot of fun. Oh, and, um, yes, that information is on BGG. Um, if you. Somebody's broken. Y- the yeah. News you got to do a little digging. We're, we're still not going to talk about it because no. we were asked not to. Um, unfortunately potion explosion has already been used, so (laughs) that won't, um, but yeah, you can do a little digging and, um, somebody blew it. Um, moving on to this other game that we were introduced to. Yeah. Welcome to Butteville. No, it's just welcome welcome to to dot, dot, dot. 
Because you name your own town. Butteville. Jer- Jared named his town Butteville. But it's actually spelled Yeah, it was spelled Buttville, Buttville but it was <laughs> pronounced Butteville. Yeah. So it's just called Welcome To, and it's from um, uh, Deep. Um, yes. My brain is yes. just shut down. Deep Water, Deep Water Games. Games. Yes, there you go. Uh, I don't really know how to describe this game. There's uh, cards in front of you and you have a town that you write on the piece of paper and you have to fill in all the addresses in the town. And the way you do that is there are number cards and action cards associated with those number cards and you just flip them over and pick a number out of the row and write it on your town, which sounds super easy, but, and here's the but. The cards are numbered 1 through 15. If you poorly plan and say, don't count correctly, you could very easily screw yourself over. Like, oh, I need this 9 that has a pool so I can write on this, uh, in this neighborhood that has a pool. And okay, 9. Oh, wait, I should have used a 5 there because now I don't have enough high numbers to fill in the blanks. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do I do? And Jondi had a little bit of trouble with that. She caught on well, after a couple turns. Well, it's not that I didn't turns. catch on. It's just... Um, Whoa. <laughs> my cats don't <laughs> like closed doors. My cats really hate closed doors. <laughs> and now my husband's trying to shuffle them away. Um, so... Um, the game's kind of set in the 1950s. Yes. So it's like a 1950s neighborhood. Um. I really liked it, even though I'm not good at trying to plan out number sequences. I've never been good at recognizing number sequences. But oddly enough, I didn't get frustrated by it. You also didn't get the lowest score. Did I not? I don't think you did. I think you got like third place. That's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you lost. Which is, I mean, congratulations, John T. (laughs) You did math. We were teasing her all week about how she was having trouble doing math because every time we went to dinner, she always counted the wrong number of people. I did. I don't think she was ever counting herself or she was compensating and counting herself twice. Yeah, it's possible. So it was like, all right, how many people do we have? And there were seven people. And Johnny would say like six or eight. Yeah. 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 So we, we teased her all weekend about not being good at numbers. And I'm not. And then this game that's all about numbers. Yeah. But I didn't do too terribly bad. Um, the cats are in here. Yes, they are. That's fine. Um, but yeah, if, if you have a chance, they're going to have more copies of this at Gen Con. They had a limited number at Origins, 25 a day. 25 a day, and that included five that they were allowing exhibitors to buy before the hall mm-hmm. opened. And every day, um, people were waiting in line the minute the exhibit hall opened. So uh, I touched part of the table and it started to fall apart. I fixed it. Um, yeah. So welcome to is definitely a game that you should pick up if you like rolling rights. Um, but it doesn't have any dice, so it's not really a rolling right. It's a flip and right. Oh gosh. What's <laughs> is he just headbutting everything over there? He's flopping around. He fell out of my lap, but clawed to keep from falling out. Oh gosh. Well, I guess let's, let's go on to this one that I'm really excited to talk about. Okay, so we've talked about this game before. We talked about it in our print and play episode. Uh, I think we've maybe talked about it one other time. My Little Scythe. What the heck is My Little Scythe? Well, 
so originally a father and daughter team designed this game, uh, taking the main mechanics of Scythe and kind of boiling them down a little bit and putting my little pony characters in it. Well, the guy that has the majority of the say in Stonemeyer games, Jamie Stegmeyer, actually offered the Scythe license to Hasbro to produce the game. And Hasbro so, said, do eh, you know that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hasbro said, oh, no, thanks. We're not interested. So he said, okay, well, let's take the My Little Pony characters out and we'll put our own characters in. And that's what they've done. Uh, so our friend the Katie. characters are adorable. Yes. Uh, our friend Katie uh, is Jamie Stegmeyer's next door neighbor. And she borrowed a copy of the game. It was like an extra review copy that they had. She borrowed it and brought it to Origins. And we played it one night on the floor because there were no tables. Um, I don't remember who won the game, but we had a lot of fun with it. Uh, it, it is very similar to Scythe. That was the night I went to Dirty Frank. Yes. Yes, it so. is. Um, cause you didn't want to play a board game on the floor. I was so tired. I <laughs> did not want to sit on the floor. I mean, honestly, I was planning on leaving and then I was, I was tempted with the Dirty Franks. Yes. Um, if you don't know what Dirty Franks is, it's, it's a hot dog. A delicious place. hot dog restaurant. They, they take I mean, hot dogs. Jared they, doesn't like hot dogs, no, but I he don't. likes the other food there. Yes. They, they take hot dogs and they put all kinds of random stuff on it. There's like 50 different hot dogs that they have there. Something like that. Something like that. And they're like really things that you wouldn't think are, would be good on hot dogs, but then they are yeah. amazingly. We'll talk about it later. We will. We actually, episode. we will. So my little scythe is, um, I, I mean, it's, it's a, a boiled down family friendly, more accessible version of scythe. And while we were playing it, I realized I don't think I actually like scythe. Because I had way more fun playing this version without all the extra stuff in it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, to be to be fair, I do like Scythe. I think it's great. It's okay. I think it's but a I'd little play this game. I would play my little Scythe over Scythe almost every time. Yeah. I mean, I don't dislike Scythe at all, and I know my husband likes it. I think it's a little overcomplicated just mm-hmm. for my personal taste. Like, I would play it. Like, if my if all my friends were like, "Hey, I really, really, really want to play Scythe," it's not. It's not like some of the other games out there that I'd be like, mm, no. Yeah, like Twilight Imperium. Or, uh, so my yeah. little scythe, you are trying to get friendship points. There's pie fights. There's um, there's apples and crystals that you have to deliver to castles to like Castle Everfriend or Aww. I don't remember the name of the castle. I'm sorry. How cute. But yeah, it, it's <laughs> real cute. Yeah, it is. It is adorable. It's really fun. Uh, I believe they're going to have a limited number of copies for sale at Gen Con, and then it'll be available through retail and other distribution methods. They, like who's going to have it for sale? Um, I think Meeple source is actually going to have okay. some copies say, of it. Stegmeier never do, or stone mile. Meyer. Yeah. Does a booth or anything. Yeah. So. Well, he, no, he has before. Has he? Yeah, he has before. Um, I, I honestly don't know if they're just going to air freight the pre-order copies in and maybe have a few others for sale, but you should definitely check it out. If this sounds like the kind of game that you like, if you want to play scythe, but, Cute. Or if you have kids that you yes, want to play it with. Definitely. And this is definitely a family game that is not, it's not one of those dumb, like everybody wins. We're all, this is an activity family game. This is, this is a game that you can play with your eight year old. Right. Now, John D, I don't know anything about this next game. This is all you. Well, you and I talked about Well, we about talked this. about it. Yes. Uh, we talked about this game in our Gamma episode. Mm-hmm. Our Gamma slash April Fool's Day episode. So, oh, is that when? 
Yes. Okay, so this one was real. This was not a this joke. This was one of the real. Um, this is also this is from um. Uh, oh. Whoa. Um, Deep Water Games. Yes. <laughs> you keep blanking on them. Every yeah. every single time that. Yeah. So it's from Deep Water Games, who do a lot of um, board game cafe size games. Yeah, like Welcome to dot dot dot. Like Welcome to. So Sorcerer and Stones, and it's a really, really cool little game that is all about, okay, so um, it's about Taoists that are obsessed with the um, idea, I don't know how to say the word, I'm just going to say chi, because it's not chi, but. Oh, yeah, that's what that is. Is it chi? Well, it's it's the same thing. This is chi. Okay. But yeah, it's the but same, I mean, it's not the same thing. It's the same thing. So they're looking for ways to increase their chance of enlightenment. Enlightenment, and um, during the game, players travel back into ancient kingdom in the attempt to attain enlightenment. Enlightenment by controlling these these spiritual stones and key and key or chi in life energy. So, if I recall, there's there's it's kind of like tiles. That you're trying to control and try. again, I it's been a while since I watched the the gamma episode. Yep. Um, so I don't remember a lot about the gameplay. Well, you bought it, so you'll like, find out. There's grid movement, I remember, and hand management for your cards, and there's pattern building and set collection. Unfortunately, I can't help um, because. Uh, I'm on the BGG page trying to figure this out. And they don't explain it a lot. No, they don't. But I do remember that it is a one to four player game. <laughs> yes. Um, which they do explain on the BGG page, which is cool if you want a game that you can play solo. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is another abstract game, which again, like I was saying, sometimes I really like the idea of an abstract game if it's done well. And I remember... When I was watching the video for this on Gamma, I was really, really intrigued by the idea of the gameplay for this. I'm really excited about this one. And they also had another game that you were excited about, Roundhouse. This episode is just brought to you by Deepwater Games. It's not, but... It's not, but... um, And I didn't buy this one, but I am going to be buying this one. Um, I was just being stingy with my money. Yeah. So... Uh, Roundhouse is a worker placement, um, card drafting, and set collection game, which are three mechanics that I really like. So the thing that I thought was really cool about it is it's a big round board, and it's based on like the ancient Chinese uh, roundhouses. Okay. So what I thought was really cool is that there's like this this piece on the game uh, on the board that you actually move around the board in order to move your family or your your people from each from one section to another section of the board. So um, I thought that was a really cool mechanic to move, I guess, you as a player or the head of the family. And yeah, I mean, it explains that part even. It says players take their turns moving their pawns around the circular building in one direction, performing different actions to get goods, trade goods for money, hire experts, send family members for distant businesses, and eventually bring the families home to worship the ancestors. 
Um, you cl by cleverly moving your pawns around the roundhouse, by maximizing the performance of your faithful family members, you might become the most glorious family and win the game. All right. Well, great. So the board is really, really cool. And like I said, my favorite my favorite piece is it's like this 3D piece that you set you can set some of your pawns up on top of and you actually manipulate this piece around the roundhouse in order to move some of your pawns from one part of the house to another part of the house. And I really thought that was a cool uh, mechanic. So, All right, cool. Well, that's uh, Roundhouse, also from Deepwater Games. Yep. Now, uh, uh, what I think was um, probably one of the hottest games this year was Summit, the board game. It is a semi-cooperative or completely competitive mountain climbing game. You can do things, there's, a, there's a, what's called a karma system. You can share resources with other players if you want, if you're feeling nice. You can sabotage them. Um, but just like in regular mountain climbing, you know, if you and I are tied together, Johnny, and you do something really stupid, it's going to hurt both of us. Right, right. So mm, maybe maybe I shouldn't cut your rope and make you fall to your death. Um, there's, a, there's Sherpas that you... Mm, uh, interestingly, one of the event cards, your Sherpa leaves, but you get a bunch of food. So I think you might eat him. Uh, maybe there's a bunch of different tiles. So the mountain will be different every time you climb the mountain. It is a super heavy game that the box weighs like 10 pounds at least. And I, I think this is definitely one to watch in the future. I think that they probably are going to, this might be at some point an award-winning game. So you should check it out. The summit. Oh, I'm sorry. Just not the summit. It's just called summit, the board game. And it's from Canada. <laughs> no, what was the name? Inside, uh, Inside up, up games, games. <laughs> from Canada. Uh, I also played a game called a kid in a shuffle. That is one of the cutest games I've ever seen in my life. It comes with these, they're not miniatures. Oh, that's how to spell that. They I, are I not miniatures. I kept thinking you were saying a kid in a shuffle. No, echidna. Like what Knuckles from Sonic the Hedgehog is. Oh. Yeah, it's from Wetzelpog Games, oh. which is not how you, you would think that you pronounce that. So it's like a little hedgehog looking thing. Yes, it is like a little hedgehog thing. Oh. So you move around on the board and you have to pick up these butterflies that are in your color and deliver them to the matching. So it's a kid's game. Yeah, it, it is a matching. Uh, I mean, a, a kid's game. Yeah, it 100% is a family child friendly game. Um, I picked up a copy of this because this was a $25 game, but it's got to cost them $20 to produce this. It looks like it. This is absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand how they're making any money on this game at all. These things are huge, like well, the entire size of my hand, huge. I mean, I don't know. $25 might have been a show special. It might have been. It might have been. I mean, it's it's really hard to price kids games. Yeah. Because if you price them too much, families aren't willing to pay for them for a kid's game. Well, all I know is it seems really cute. And I don't know how we missed it this on Kickstarter. It looks adorable. So, yeah, well, um, we'll check. We'll look at that too. Check it out. <laughs> um, there's also a game that we sort of should talk about. Well, let me let me mention one thing first here. Not sort of. Um, there was a thing that I saw at the show that is a sort of press your luck game. This isn't this isn't the one that you're thinking of that you're looking at right now. Um, it's called Crystal Tiger Dice, and I love this. It's it's a little pyramid, a little resin pyramid, a little rubber tiger, and a D twenty. 
and they they handmade all of these. And essentially, what you do is you just roll all three of them and try to get to 100 points. Uh, I'm gonna put a link to this because I think this is really cool because it comes with little hand painted tigers. I saw the components and they're pretty cool. And I think it's really cool that they m- cast the die yeah. or they cast the crystal, the crystal and the tiger, and the tiger themselves. Yeah. And I think that and is they're hand painted the neatest thing ever. Um, so definitely, sorry, I just wanted to shove that in there. No, I think it's really cool that they do that and, and you definitely should check it out. So gravity warfare is the thing that, that we were actually supposed to be talking oh, about now. Oh man, this is just like the coolest thing ever. Um, they've already had a Kickstarter that completely funded, um, but they canceled the Kickstarter because they had a few things that they decided it would be best to go back and tweak. Um, but it, it actually, the Kickstarter actually overfunded, but they believe so much in this game um, that's been in development for several years. Um, their dad, like 10 actually, years. Yeah. Their dad actually just invented this to play with the family. And um, they've been playing it for years and they decided that it's so cool that they wanted to bring this to the masses. Yeah, it's a dexterity game with a like a balancing board uh, in space and you have different spaceships that have different powers and go in different locations. But it's all on this like it's on a stick on a disc. So you have to be very careful about where you put things and like, or they all fall spins and balances. And I mean, it's just so cool. And if you watch the video that they have, like you just see people having, they have a giant version of it that they take to conventions. Yes. And I mean, it's just the coolest thing. Like I, I, I think I had them watch the, I watched the video like twice. And then while we were hanging out with them, I kept every time somebody would walk up, I'd be like, Oh my God, Oh my God, watch this video. No, we don't, we don't normally do this. So they, they're going to relaunch the Kickstarter and then we'll talk about it's the game more in two days. Okay. Well, well, actually I believe they said, well, I don't know when it is, but we'll figure it out. It might be tomorrow. It might be, I think it's like tomorrow. Well, so we'll talk about this more in the next episode. But, um, if you are super hyped for this, <laughs> Go go look at it on BGG, and then we'll show you more later. Yeah, it's going to be... It's so awesome. All right, John D., what's your recipe? Okay, so we were talking about Dirty Frank's. And Dirty Frank's is this um, hot dog place in Columbus. Um, they have a few locations. And every time I'm in Columbus, I have to eat there. Um, they have all these different kinds of hot dogs with all kinds of, like, different stuff on them and some of them are like normal things but most people get all the crazy stuff on them and a lot of the things you would think oh why would they put this on a hot dog but you know if you're ever in Columbus go there and try some of the weird things because you know it's totally worth it to explore and try something different and my favorite one there I can't remember what it's actually called but it has and and bear with me here it has coleslaw and french fries on it. And the rest of the year when I am not at Origins, I'm always like, man, when I have a hot dog, I'm like, man, I really want a hot dog that has stuff on it like um, when I'm at Dirty Frank's. So. So John D did it. So I did it. I put together a recipe for making this Dirty Frank's french fry and coleslaw dog. And it will be in the episode notes. You can, you can yep. look at it. And I posted a picture of my Dirty Frank's. Yeah. So check that out. Uh, you know where to find the recipe. And if you don't know where to find the recipe, go to our website. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, here's the deal. 
we went to Origins. I went to what I was told was a whiskey, quote unquote, tasting party. It was not a tasting party. It was a drinking party. <laughs> but while we were there, there were some other people. Um, there was a guy that had a demo copy of his upcoming game that is currently on Kickstarter. And I, you know what? I checked it out and I was like, oh my God, this is a lot of fun. It's called Gorus Maximus. It's a trick-taking game uh, about gladiators and beasts. You got to earn crowd favor. You have to <laughs> like level up your gladiator to get up the ranks. It's bloody. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's by the same guy that did the mountain climbing board game. So it, it's in, it's in Canadian money. Um, but the premium edition comes with a cool slip cover. Um, you got to check this art out. This is crazy, crazy art. And so if you're into trick taking games, if you're into gladiators, if you're into a bear with a dude's arm in his mouth, <laughs> Johnny's making a face. <laughs> you should check this out. We'll have a link to it in the episode notes. Goris Maximus. And then for another Kickstarter that I think Johnny will actually be excited about, excited about. Yep. So this is my friend um, Rick's Kickstarter, his company's Kickstarter. Um, He's not giving us any money to talk about this. This is just because I'm excited about this game. I'm really excited about this game. It's actually um, a reprint of an older game that has been out of print. And it's, I love space games. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about it because it's a space game. Um, It's called Solarius. Solarius Mission. Oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. So it's Solarius Mission, second edition. It's, it's a, a 3X. Yeah, it's a 3X game, which maybe you like, maybe you don't like. Yep. So it's a 3X filled with galactic exploration, planetary exploitation, and expansion. Yeah, so it's a it's not a 4X game because there's no extermination. Right. Which is usually player elimination. Right. So, you know, I'm kind of okay with that because sometimes player elimination isn't always fun. Um, so in this one, the objective is to build space stations, find new worlds, um, from which to gather resources, um, establish colonies and save your race from destruction. Yep. So we love space games. I do. I love space games. The components in it are super cool. And, um, Rick has been in the industry for a really long long time. time. He's been in the industry a long time. So even though his company is new, he has been in the industry a really long time, and he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. So there's really absolutely no risk in backing this Kickstarter. Yep. So, so we'll put a link in the episode notes about this game and the other game and the recipe and everything else. Yep. So until next time, Jared. You can eat shit and dice. is an independent production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0, international. This cat's not going anywhere. No, I think he's just permanently part of your lap now. He is. He he really missed me. And then in like two weeks, I'm leaving to, get, to go out of town. Yeah, he'll get over it. He's a cat. All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave now. Bye, Jondi. Okay. <laughs>